Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Fix Your Franchise. Fix it! Fix that franchise. Just three average guys being above average GMs. And I think by this point, you guys already know that. We are way above it. Above average GMs just out here killing the game. Today, we are covering the Tennessee Titans. I uh, just want to give a shout out to Coach for the last episode when I wasn't here that he uh, did his best impersonation of me and he pretty much killed it. It probably felt like I was here. I mean, to all the listeners out there. Um, But as always, I'm your boy, Adam Dirty. To my right, I got Big Tug and the creator, the mastermind behind it all, Coach Red. So like I said, He's Coach Blue today. I know he's all geared up in his Seahawks gear today. And Titans. Titans are blue. And Titans. And Titans. So he's doubling it up. Um, So, yeah, like I said, we're covering the Tennessee Titans today. So all you Tennessee Titans fans, you guys got to listen up on this. Let us let you know how to fix your franchise. Uh, As always, we'll start off with Coach Red. Let the people know what the Titans need to do to fix their franchise. Ever since Mike Vrabel came in as their head coach, they really turned to that old school, tough nose team like you expect, because that's exactly how the guy played when he played for the Patriots. They finally let Derrick Henry go loose, and that's been proven by back-to-back 2,000-yard rushing seasons. Ooh, and then they, they, they also found a – diamond in the rough when they still had Marcus Mariota by trading nothing to get Ryan Tannehill who took over the spot has been healthy last year put up 3,800 yards throughout the air 33 TDs seven interceptions good ratio but the one issue that I did have hard tough-nosed team their second leading rusher Ryan Tannehill with 266 (laughs) yards so need a little bit more depth there uh Johnu Smith leaves in free agency to Patriots. You've got man I'm trying to blank on him right now. Corey Davis leaving. Corey Davis up to the Jets. So those are two two big time pass catchers. One area that I would highlight for them is tight end, but Fisker, their number two tight end, only finished with a hundred less yards than Johnu last year. So not a ton of passing game there. Corey Davis, first year getting around 1,000 yards, might have eclipsed it. But A.J. Brown is solid there. They cut Adam Humphreys, so they do have some holes. Uh, big issue for me, though, defense. Getting after the quarterback. Last year, they swung for the fences, signed Jadavion Clowney, Vic Beasley, hoping to get a lot of pressure out of those two. Zero sacks combined. So... I know Big Tug will pass it over to Big Tug for his favorite, favorite signing of the offseason so far. Because if you need that pass rush, what should you do? You shouldn't give Bud Dupree $82 million is what you shouldn't do. I have said it once. I've said it a thousand times. That is the worst contract given out 
this offseason by far. But to I, all right, not by far. By about $18 million <laughs> behind. <laughs> Danico Autry, though. Hey, What's that? Nico Autry signs as a, at a reasonable deal. Three years, 21.5 mil, though. Good, good yeah. edge, edge, edge rusher from the Colts. How do, how do you guys feel about the ex-Colt? Uh, now, I guess that was the last time he really started a full season. But I, I know that they just signed uh, Matthias Farley as a backup safety. From the Jets. Yeah. Ah. They brought him over from the Jets. They signed him to a one-year, like, $1 million deal. I feel good. Good value. I like good value. For the young bucks. I like I like value. You know what? They need value because they have terrible cap space right now. Just garbage. What's the what's the number on on sport track five, for that? 5.7 left on the cap. Ooh, that's rough, man. Cut 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 Adoree Jackson for cap reasons, bring in Janoris Jenkins. So yeah, half of that cap is gone because of friggin' Bud Dupree. I think more and than half of that cap's gone because dude, so much of it. Good thing they don't have any, you know, decent players they need to re-sign in the coming years or anything. All right, let, let's take another look. Edge rushers, yeah, that's great. They were in a pretty prime position to draft somebody. There's gonna be a lot of talent in that 21 to 25 area it's a relatively deep class for defensive ends not like all-star you're not getting you know it's the those top guys miles garrett you're not getting miles garrett but you're getting quality edge rushers in the late first early second it's a possibility and yet back to it giving away 82 million dollars to a guy coming off of a very serious injury who played in a system with DJ Watt. Unreal. I, I'm going to flip it on you a little bit for, okay. for, that, for that range. I think with the losses of Corey Davis, Johnny Smith, they need to target pass catcher at 22. We now, yeah. Rashad Bateman territory. We've got more there as well, or maybe I want to go defense. I know Dirty just brought up brought up safety position. How about Morig coming in there to play the hammer at Strong? I like Morig a lot. Or like him a lot. My sneaky my sneaky pick that just keeps popping up. The guy ran like a four two nine forty. Everyone's concerned about his back. I've been seeing mock drafts where Caleb Fairley is dropping to the middle of the second round almost. It's baffling to me. Yeah, you can't even call that because I see, I mean, there's a ton of people that it depends who you ask who's dropping and who's rising because yeah, Fields exactly. went out and had himself a decent day running a 4-4-4 and the next day all these articles came out about his work ethic and they're saying he's going to drop to 11 or 12. Fake news. I mean, it's unreal fake what news. some of the fake news, fake Woo. news. Woo, Don't believe woo, the fake woo, news. Woo, 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 woo. Alert. Fake news alert. So I like the the Bateman uh, thought process there that you brought up um, because of the fact that Henry is such a powerhouse. Um, you've got to be able 
to be able to have that play action going. You got to have, because if you have, if you face somebody who's a great defense and they're going to focus on stopping Henry and that's what they're going to focus on. And if you don't have, you don't have that receiving core, you're not going to be able to beat that team because they'll just shut Henry down. And it happened a couple of times last year. I mean, they didn't go undefeated. I mean, they were 11 and five and the teams that beat them shut Henry down. Yes. He's still at 2000 yards and shutting Henry down is keeping him to a hundred yards, but you know, you got to be able to have other parts of your offense to be able to counterdict that when you come up against one of these tough defenses, you, I mean, let's see what happens when they play the Cardinals. Heard that. I mean, what it boils down to for me is one of the biggest swings and a miss that they had in the first round last year in Isaiah Wilson. You have you bring him in to be your starting tackle for years to come. The guy plays three offensive snaps. You trade him away for nothing. And he gets cut because he doesn't show up for meetings down with the Dolphins. I know there's a lot of tackle depth here, but for me, I go, I want to look at tackle. I want a bona fide playmaker that can either move the ball downfield with the receivers or can limit the ball going downfield on defense. Round two is kind of heavy for me too with the, with the linemen. I've got, I got, you know, at that 53, potentially Liam Eikenberg, very, very variable on him or Leatherwood as well, possibly filling in at that right tackle spot. I I'm torn at what they do in the first round right now, because I'm not going to harp on the Bud Dupree contract anymore. Um, but he's only guaranteed 35 of the 82 say they still take that chance and get like an Ajulari out of Georgia. Perfect. And then, you know, cut their losses with Bud Dupree and bring in somebody on a rookie deal and save themselves $50 million in the long run. Or I know you you're praising Bateman right now, but I'm for their scheme. They need somebody that's one of those do it all playmakers. And I like Elijah Moore. And they like old Miss wide receivers there. They love Old Miss. And last time I checked, Elijah Moore broke all of AJ Brown's records at Old Miss and led college football in receive, uh, receiving yards per game and receptions per game last year. Dude's a stud. And he is, I mean, he's he's pretty confident in himself too. He's I mean, after his pro day, he went out and said he's the best receiver in the draft. Woo! Dude's confident. I'm. I mean, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna put him above Jamar Chase in any aspects whatsoever. But dude has all the confidence in the world, and he's a huge playmaker. Yeah, his confidence reminds me of Juju, like, Dancing or maybe even yeah, Brown. But yeah, he's he's definitely got confidence through the roof. But. Like, I was just asking Zach who their tight end was because it wouldn't be Fisker. Anthony Fisker. How many of you guys had him on your fantasy team? Je- no? Jeff's, no, nobody? Jeff, Jeff Swaim? 
Swaim, I believe, is their other guy. Uh, he played for the Titans last year. Cowboys for that? So, formerly of the Cowboys, oh, yes. What? what? <laughs> formerly of the Cowboys on the so Titans. So, are, are there any tight ends out there right now that could possibly be drafted in that 20 area that they have in the first round? No. No one? No. It's going to be way too late. I would say round two, possibly round three. Brevin. Yeah. Brevin Jordan. No, he's going to the Bengals. <laughs> I love Brevin Jordan. Brevin yeah. Jordan, if you're listening to this, I would really appreciate you reaching out to the Cincinnati Bengals organization. That would be <laughs> awesome. Just or the get a Tennessee draft <laughs> visit. Sell yourself to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is going to be all on the Brevin Jordan hype train. Just get on it. <laughs> Back to the Titans real quick. Titans. So back back to the back to the Titans. Um, so personally, Coach Red, do you think that they should focus on defense? It's sounding like, I mean, and and that's the difficult thing about this this part of the this part of the fixture franchise that we're doing. We're onto the playoff teams, so obviously they're they're doing something right because. Um, they're playoff teams. I mean, they Titans what eleven and five last year. I mean, they they had a solid year, but once you get to that point, you want to get to that next level. You want to be competing for a championship. Like you don't want to be a perennial playoff team, and you know, give them give them the old the old college luck Andrew Luck try, and you know, <laughs> have an all star career with never winning a championship, you know? One thing that I think could be right in their wheelhouse is finding a, another back who can be similar to Derrick Henry. Obviously, there's no one out there that can compare, but I'm not looking for a third down back. I'm looking for a back that can come in and run that same style of offense so that way – Hell, I know they're adding an extra game this year. You probably are going to get another 2,000 yards. Eric Henry, congrats. But if you don't, you're just more fresh for that playoff run. Round four, round five. I've got two guys that I've highlighted for them, Chubba Hubbard and Jamar Jefferson. Jamar Jefferson, over 800 yards last year in six games. And Chubba Hubbard, two years ago, led college football in rushing. So you know that they can carry the load. They're both uh, six foot or taller, about 215 to 220 pounds. So they're not going to be that small scat back type. They can go in and be that. Then you can have yourself another back on the field, you know, that is your third down back. But let, I, I would say let Derrick Henry eat, but let Derrick Henry rest a little bit. Make sure that he's ready to pound the ball in the fourth quarter to put it away. Give him give him some rest and reprieve and not have to run legitimately 10 times more rushing yards than their number two back last year, Jeremy McNichols. I mean, if you're looking for that big downhill running back, why don't you look at uh, 
Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. Big boy. Big boy. Six foot, 235. Big time downhill. I mean, he, he only played a couple games last year because he was coming off of a suspension, but I mean, he's like A.J. Dillon big. Yeah, I, I like him. If you're if you're wanting to go that route, I mean, I would even aim for him a little bit higher. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for that uh, fifth, sixth round guy. I mean, if you're wanting somebody to to back up Derek Henry, you might as well get somebody that's decent. I mean, don't get me wrong, Chubba Hubbard's great, but I mean, I'd take Trey Sermon ahead of Chubba Hubbard at this point. I think that Trey's set for a bigger role in an offense. Oh yeah. Obviously you, you don't want to, you don't want to hinder someone by putting them here where I think that the other thing is Derek Henry's going to break down at some point. It's a tough position. And when you're getting the rock as many times in one year as possible, you need him on the field. He is what gets your offense going. Before this, when he was part-time in it, it was ridiculous. You'd have a huge game, then barely see the field the next week. Once they finally let the reins go over to him, he shows you what he can do, but you got to preserve him a little bit. We're Here at Fix Your Franchise, we're all about lengthening NFL players' football careers. We're looking out for you, Derek. If you're not looking to target – one of those guys in the third round, fourth round, you know, get a Trey Sermon, somebody like that. If you're going to use one of your back-end picks, somebody worth mentioning would be Chris Evans out of Michigan. Very, very underrated back. He was a, I don't know, he has a, he has a lot of upside. He's a big guy. He had, you know, he's not spectacular. He didn't have a huge year in 2020, really underwhelming. But he but you start working out. You start with Henry. yeah. You start working out with Henry. He missed the entire 2019 season, and then came back in 2020 and was a little underwhelming on that Wolverines offense. But you know he could be that guy that you know comes in behind Henry and actually he could be the prince. He could be the prince. He could contribute. <laughs> I mean, coming in late, you could probably pick him up late fifth, early sixth, realistically. And he's one of the bigger, better backs with he's got a a higher ceiling than some of the other backs on the board. Got a little chip on his shoulder. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing too about a guy like that who came back from injury and had a subpar year. Um, they got a little chip on their shoulder. And like you were saying, like having a good third down back. Um, and I think we just automatically, because it's just in our in our vocabulary, to call the backup the third down back. But you throw him in there on a first or a second down and just, you know, give Henry that rest like you were saying. Yeah, and so, I mean, put him in, put that guy in on a first down, and they're, they're going to think play action all day, hand it off to him, and let him get eight yards then bring Henry back in there and bang out those other two. All right. I've got a just side note real quick. I'm scrolling through some of the draft boards. Um, Northern Iowa, Spencer Brown, ever heard of him? Nope. 
No? Okay. He ran a four, five, six, forty. He is six eight, three fourteen. Oh my god. Playing running back. He ran in 2018. He ran for 1,200 yards and 16 touchdowns. Big boy. Love. Let's put him in at fullback. Get the fridge in there, man. That is awesome. I didn't even see what? him on anybody's draft boards anywhere. Round round six. That's awesome. Two fifty. I hope it's a typo. <laughs> I hope it's a typo. Let me That's look into this. But. You can't have two typos, right? <laughs> six, eight. Oh, no, no. Uh, the next gun was six, nine, three, eleven. Six, nine, three, eleven. Man, Derek right, is a big so guy. Bring in, he could hide start, behind. Start, play peekaboo. Yeah. <laughs> he actually plays tackle. He plays tackle, but they would put him up as a fullback and give him the ball. Like consistently, so if you're if you're averaging twelve, if you get twelve hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns in one season, you're getting the ball a lot. Let's watch some video. <laughs> so let's start. Let's start. Uh, let's start running that. Uh, that old school. That old school I formation with the fullback and just run it through the a gap every time. <laughs> <laughs> You won't even see Derrick Henry until he hits yard seven. <laughs> and with the Titans. And then he's. They're in a good spot. I mean, you have the Colts that are a very good team there. And they got better with Carson Wentz this year. Their defense balls out. We talked about the stable of backs. We addressed the Colts in our last episode. The Titans are right there. It's tight between those two at the top. You expect the Jaguars to take somewhat of a step forward. They're going to win more than one game. That's a given with Trevor Lawrence. Texans, I, I'm just going to close my eyes for them real quick because it's bad. But the Titans, they're one of those teams that you looked at them a few years ago, and you're like, you know, they're, they're okay. And then they just kept feeding Henry the ball. And they made it to the AFC championship game. And last year couldn't, yeah. couldn't catch lightning in a bottle two years in a row, but they make the playoffs in back-to-back years, which is something that you don't really see out of the Titans too much. It was, it was a division that was ran by the Colts and the Texans. The Titans are found their way back to relevancy. And I think with those few aspects that we pointed out, you know, addressing the cornerback, potentially getting another value add rusher, helping on the offensive line, another pass catcher. They're in a good spot right now because Tannehill is the perfect quarterback for the system. He's athletic enough. He's fine with handing the ball off quite a few times a game and can hit the big throws when needed. Yeah, I think the I think the last time the Titans were like on my radar was when they had another 2,000-yard rushing back named Eddie George. Yep. And that was back in what, like, oh two. Oh, so like, it's been a while yeah. since they had like an identity, you know. And they found it by letting letting King Henry do his thing, <laughs> ruling over all the land. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Coach, you got any more? Uh, you got any more thoughts on the on the Tennessee Titans here? Any more things you like to bring up? 
No, I think we hit the nail on the head with them. Like I said, little help on the offensive line, a good second back, a top top tier pass catcher, and a little bit more depth with that pass rush. We haven't even touched. We didn't even touch on Harold Landry. I think he led the team in sacks last year with five and a half out of Boston College, drafted a few years ago, finally coming into his own a little bit, should be able, with the addition of Danico Autry and Bud Dupree when healthy, should help with getting after the quarterback because that's really the area that they struggled. And they didn't have a Dory Jackson for most of the year. So having a better – what's better, having a better pass rush or having better pass defense? I think those two work in such tandem – that you can't have one without the other. You know, like you've said in the past, quarterback has to hold the ball for another second. That's just another second that a D lineman can get home. If a D lineman gets there a second early, pushes the pocket, makes the quarterback put in a position where interceptions can be had. So I think their defense is only a few pieces away. They've got a good solid core, and I like what they did, even with the Bud Dupree thing. They're, they're swinging for the fence because they needed to. I don't – it see it reeks a little of desperation, but they're desperate to get after the quarterback. I mean, they were they were laughable last year on how many times they got there. I think their number came in in the twenties, which is no bueno. Yeah, yeah, you don't want. I mean, good good on him for having those five and a half sacks, but you don't want to have your top sack getter getting five and a half sacks in a year. You want your your. Uh, you want your side players getting that, you know, you want your, you want your second, third guy getting that you need your top guy getting into double digits is what you want. And then have a couple other guys in the fives, you know, not your best, best rusher getting five and a half. I mean, yeah. Big Tug just said defensive tackles should have five sacks. (laughs) Like that's, that's how you're going to have, that's how you get a successful defense. And that might actually be their their one thing that they need to get over to make it to that next level is getting after the quarterback and stouting up that defense. Because like we talked about, their offense is pretty solid. Maybe add a receiver, but I mean, you got you got to be able to do something to make it to that next step of being able to beat these elite teams once you do make it to the playoffs. You know. Couldn't agree with you more. Word. Well, I think that about uh, about does it for our thoughts on the Tennessee Titans and King Henry's land um, and what they need to do to fix their franchise. Um, like always, appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Um, Till next time, we're just three average guys being above average GMs. Peace out.